0: Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts,
1: Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way, but that's not all. We
0: will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business, and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business, and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family.
1: Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. hello
0: hey girl we're halfway through the year
1: oh my gosh that can't be
0: real oh my gosh I just uh, this has been a bananas year bananas bananas crazy crazy market it's uh, I wish we had more listings
1: that's all I'm focusing on right now I do have I think five coming up this week which is going to be fantastic between like today and uh yeah
0: I saw there were I saw there were only two homes on the home tour this week
1: yeah we have regularly had zero I know like usually it'd be like 12 to 15. We'd usually also get about 72 homes between our whole Southwest Mm -hmm. Montana area. Right now we're getting about 20. Wow. A day. It's just, and you just can't keep up with that. Like, I don't know how our markets going to get caught up where things become semi affordable again and people can actually get into a house.
0: Oh, I have to tell you, I I was just listening to my market predictions. I listened, it's like Barry Habib actually won the crystal ball, the crystal ball award. I was just going to ask, like, what's your crystal ball The crystal ball, uh, the crystal ball award. Uh, He won it again because he's a market. He makes guesses on what's going to happen with real estate market. And he reported the other day that now they're pushing for there to be a tax incentive for first time home buyers to buy homes. And I'm like,
1: How's that going to work?
0: How's that going to work? You already have a market that's so flooded with people trying to buy, they can't buy. Now you're going to try to incentivize them to buy, and they're going to be flooding the market that's just already completely flooded, and it's going to increase the prices even more. I'm like, can you just not do that? That doesn't even make any sense. Can you have a half a thought with somebody who knows what they're doing? Just yeah, to- that
1: seems like I get what the idea behind it is, but it yeah, I get take it too. A step it's the wrong time. Back. Take one step back. Go, oh go. That's not going to work. It's going right. to make things worse. You know
0: when you should do that is when we have the market flooded with homes. Exactly. And and we can't get people to buy. That's when you do that kind Circa of move. Two thousand
1: nine, when exactly. everyone was had to list their home and
0: it right. Was, Everybody it was, crazy. was selling. Then they should have done a tax incentive. Maybe they did a uh, tax incentive for people to buy. But that just doesn't even make any sense. So you know this. We're halfway through the year. We we're kind of in a tough real estate market right now. We have yeah. very little inventory. Prices are insane
1: how are how's your first half of the year going are you seeing killing it yeah 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 (laughs) yeah. it's so interesting because less homes are getting sold right now than last year i have i've sold less homes my volumes way up but I've sold less transactions right? because there's less inventory. Yeah. And it's really hard to get listings. But your numbers are still... Well,
0: obviously, our volume, you know, we get paid by volume, not units. Okay, right. Same. Um, so, you know, the volume is really up there. I think the units are kind of lower than what they have been you know, but kind of it's very proportionate. But, you know, I think we're winning a lot as, as lenders. You know, we're gaining a larger percentage of the market. So that just goes to show, you know, like we're con- continuously one at a time, like, you know, like tortoise and the hare, you know, we're the tortoise, like one at a time, just staying consistent, doing the same thing every single time, making raving fans just one at a time.
1: Exactly. Yep. There's
0: not a quick answer on doing that. It's interesting
1: that. that your volume is higher because my volume is quite a bit higher. One, we're seeing high, high end homes actually move. Yeah. Anything over a million dollars in Bozeman would sit anywhere from like three months to a couple oh, interesting. Of years. Mm-hmm. Now that's our regular home price. Right. Most of the things I have in our contract are over a million. Right. And so the, and if you take over just even starter homes, right. our median home price went from 580 to 720.
0: Is that where we're at right now?
1: 720. I stop looking. And Belgrade. <laughs> so that's the Belgrade's catching Bozeman. up. It's, yeah. I think the median home price there is 560. Yeah. Growing up here, if you told me median home price in Belgrade was going to be five sixty. I no. would have laughed in your face. I would not have won that. No. The magic, what's it called? The, oh, the crystal ball, the crystal ball award. Yeah. I would not have won the crystal ball award for Belgrade.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a crazy year and it's just been really hard. Um, it remains a very, very great time to refinance. One thing that's really awesome right now is the opportunity for people to be able to use this crazy equity we have. The values of our homes are through the roof right now, which is allowing for phenomenal equity for people to be able to use that equity. To pay off high interest uh, debts of any kind. Do you know that the average credit card rate is at 25% right now? No. Yeah, 25% average rate on credit card. So if you have debt, say you have $20,000 in credit card debt at 25%, if you could refinance that with a cash out refinance down to three percent, three, you know, three and a quarter percent, three and a half percent. I can't really quote rates without quoting APR. So just somewhere in those threes, if you could refinance down to something like that and spread it out for 30 years, spread it out for 20 years. Do you know, like it would make zero difference in your payment and you would immediately pay that off and feel right. so much better and save so much in interest. Yeah, so get
1: a refinance your home, pay off your student loans, pay off your credit cards. Right. And just take that lower interest rate. I, right. I don't know. Whatever that may what, be. Right. More people be. I did see interest rates spike a little bit a couple of weeks yeah, ago. What happened? Did.
0: Lots of things affect interest rates. Yeah. We have a lot of things going on in, in our country so right we now. Almost
1: a whole point, right?
0: Yeah. Well, no, we it's didn't see we didn't see interest rates go up a, a whole point. What we what we are seeing is just a lot of a lot of things happening because of inflation is definitely causing some turmoil in the market right now. It's freaking freaking the market out a little bit. Interest rates still remain really, really phenomenal. Historically low. Historically low. I think the media is like, you know, just like you're coming to me with this information saying the interest rates are a point higher. That's just not absolutely true. not true. That comes from media. Like, I don't know if it's fear mongering. to talk about. Or what it is, something to talk about. It's still an outstanding time to refinance, whether you're just looking to get a rate and term refinance, uh, just to drop your interest rate or shorten your term, both saving you tons of money. Or if you're looking to do a cash out refinance, maybe you want to like, you know, put a deck on the back of your house, like you can't afford to, to to buy a different house. Like maybe you should do something to the house that you have, well, you're gonna you need know,
1: hundreds of thousands of dollars to a deck right now because <laughs> true, <laughs> because building got not that much. True. But it has gone up, uh, I think three times. Oh yeah. Um, the, cost the cost of wood, the cost of has
0: wood, wood has, up has up gone insane. crazy. Okay. Maybe you do something else.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Like, but
0: you know, maybe there's something that you want to do to your house. that's going to make your house more livable. You want to build a shop or you want to like, you know, finish that basement that you've been talking about finishing forever. And instead, of maybe buying a house right now, maybe you look at keeping the one that you do have, or or maybe you need to freshen it up in, in, in order to sell it. Like you got some things you want to do before you list the house and you need some money in order to do that. And you've been stalled out because you don't have the money. Well, you got equity right exactly. now. Exactly.
1: And that's actually going to add more equity to your home if you use that for right. home improvement, opposed to buying a new car, right. where it's automatically going to depreciate. Right. So I think that's a really good option for people when they feel like they're stuck in their home is right. to call someone like you and see what other options they have.
0: You know, something else that's a really cool idea too is to pull out that equity on your home and use that as a down payment on something else. Right. Like maybe you want to buy a condo in Arizona and get away from Montana winners, you know. Paying off that high interest credit card debt, reducing your monthly out-of-pocket expense is not only going to make you feel better, but it's going to help you qualify a little bit better for maybe an additional mortgage on a second home or an investment property or whatever you want to do. You can use that money in other ways that are going to help you make money um, or make you just feel more
1: comfortable. We did that on our last purchase. We're doing a remodel in Belgrade and we took a home equity line of credits that we could actually on paper buy a cash. Right. That's what it looked like. Right. And that made it so much easier to get the home. It wasn't on the market yet. So we were able to go in strong, do like a one week close and just make it happen. Yeah. And so that's a really good option for people if you have that type of equity.
0: Right. And if you, you know, maybe you're looking to buy a, a hunting property or you're looking to buy a, a lot, some sort of bare land, the financing situation on, on bare land of any kind is just not as ideal. The down payment's higher, the interest rate's higher, there's generally a shorter term, maybe maybe a balloon payment. But maybe if you took cash out of your primary residence and used that to just pay cash for that land, then you're paying for that land at a much lower interest rate with more ideal terms. Exactly. Um,
1: Okay. So I have a question for you. What changes are you seeing to Freddie and Fannie right now? Are you seeing things change? What's what's happening in there? You know, there's been a lot
0: of talk about both Fannie and Freddie actually kind of tightening up on their uh, their allowances of files that have a little bit higher risk. So we're seeing kind of a lot of things kind of happening all at one time. Interest rates are kind of hanging out really good, but inflation is going through the roof and Fannie and Freddie are starting to tighten their box. They're starting to tighten their how many people that they're gonna for you. making it a little bit harder for people with less ideal situations, which, you know, with our purchase prices being as high as they are right now, we're really kind of having to stretch the box in order to get people to fit. So there's starting to be a lot of utilization of FHA loans. It's
1: probably not a terrible idea. What I'm seeing is people are desperate for homes right now. So they're they are desperate. doing whatever it takes. They're going, saying they don't care about the appraisal, they'll pay over, yeah. they just want a home. And I can't blame them. Ever that's the American dream is to right. be a homeowner. So in some ways, it might not be the worst thing if they are tightening up a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, something that here's the thing that I mean, we're just talking about the elephant in the room, right? We have all these people that are buying houses for forty, fifty thousand dollars over the value you know, that the realtor is pricing the house at, you guys are coming in, you're pricing the house yes. at a fair market value for what the comps are going to be able to support in our current market. And then people are buying it for 40, 50, $60,000 above that.
1: Absolutely. I'm telling my clients like, okay, I understand where you're going to want to shoot for the moon, but if you want to get the moon, we actually have to find out what market value is. Go teeny, teeny, tiny bit below that. And you will get a ridiculous, ridiculous offer. I just listed a place again in Belgrade, uh, 4 dollars I actually thought that might've been a touch high.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: got
0: 5.75. Yeah. But what's, where's that going to put people? You know, right. I mean, this is, this is the part that's like, okay, we have, we have a market response that's happening across the board. You know, we're flooding the market with a lot of people that are desperate to be here. And in order to be competitive, in order to be here, they're paying way over value on these homes. And you and I both know what that means. Long
1: term. It's, I mean, it scares me. It I think scares about it me on the, the short term. It scares me on the In short term. term. really. So I'm feeling, I mean, I'm thinking long term five, six years. Yeah. So maybe that is more short term, but how long can people make these payments? And when people buy cash, they're more likely to offload it for yeah. less than what they maybe purchased it for because they don't have that mortgage. Or I could see things start to tank. What do you think?
0: I don't see an ability to repay issue because we have to, we have to be able to prove ability to repay. Right. And so people definitely are qualified and are able to make the payments that they're making. But what I do see is that, potentially the market changing and the value of their home going way under what they paid for it and then being upside down in a home. And not being I able. Mean, sometimes, I mean, my advice to people in that kind of market is just stay where you are, just ride it out. You need to give it a few years. You don't sell, don't sell. Be, you know, below what you owe on it. Don't go in upside down. Don't do but the sometimes short sale, people, don't do the yeah, sometimes people have to move. Yeah, they have to move for all the different reasons that people move. And you know, I, I just think it's the elephant in the room. People are going to end up upside down in their houses if we have a major change in the market. And we have a lot of really volatile things happening in our country right now. There's a lot of things that are making us look like we're going to be caught with our pants down. We're really busy fighting with each other instead of paying attention to what's going on outside of our borders. And I'm really worried that we're going to have some of these other countries that are going to take advantage of that.
1: Oh, it makes me so scared. Me too. And especially when people are working this hard to get into a home. And I started, I think I told you 2009, when things were awful. And I heard this every single day. All I did was get listings during that time. Yeah. And every single day I heard people tell me the same story. Oh, my house was worth this much. It's and now it's worth nothing. And, but they had to sell for one reason or another. And I constantly had clients coming to closing with cash. Yeah. So they were paying someone to take their home. Yeah. I've seen anywhere from 10,000 to a hundred thousand dollars that they
0: paying the difference,
1: paying the difference to paying somebody to buy their home. And if you can, I mean, we're going down the rabbit hole, but I think it's fun. That's what we're talking about right Um, now. So if it does come to that, whatever you can do to hold on, even if you have to rent out your home, and even if you have to pay a couple hundred extra dollars and the rent's not even covering it, if, you, right. if there's any way you can do it. Because if I look back on all those people in 2009, if they all would have held on, it's all worth double right. what, they sold for, for exactly. what they sold for back they then. They would have
0: held on. And I think it's really important because this is something that we continue to have conversations about. Realtors are not the ones that send, set the market price for your home comparable sales, other homes in the same neighborhood or in the surrounding neighborhoods that have similar bedroom count, similar bathroom count, similar finishes. What is setting the price of that home is what the other homes have sold for. And when you continue to have homes that are being purchased for $40,000, $50,000 above list price, guess what? That's just going to increase the market for and the price for that type of home. So don't be mad at realtors thinking that they're the ones that are jacking up the prices oh, in Bozeman. I hate it's this market. Not, it's, it's awful. not, it's not, it's not, it's not up to them. And, you know, we just need to start changing the dialogue of what's going on there. And that's just simply not the case. They have to sell the home for what markets for. And then when we do a loan, we have to to prove that the home appraises for that. And so if the home appraises for less than that, either the deal tanks or the person who's buying it has to immediately come in with cash to make up the difference. And so we are making sure that the home is worth what we're paying for it. This is just the market that we're in, and I don't know. I just I think that there's so much opportunity for something to go wrong.
1: right. And what's really interesting is the psychology between for stocks, for instance. People want to hold on to their stocks when they're high and they right. want to sell them when they're when low. They're low and should be the other way around yes and it's really be selling right now like my parents owning restaurants they were just thriving and doing so well like why would we sell we're doing great and I totally get that but right. they always look back on those times when they had numerous offers for people to buy them right and it's hard to let go because the psychology is is oh I made a good decision right I made the right decision oh and yeah so you, you feel good and you want to hold on keep milking that cash cow right yeah and even take that money and put it somewhere else and do better for you but you like the mental idea of the decision you made. Right. And when stocks are low, you're like, well, I think I, you feel bad about the decision you made. So you're like, well, I want to see if it's going to turn around. I think I can get this to turn around because, feel bad about it.
0: Right. Or you panic yeah. and you almost like naturally punish yourself. Like yes. you know, it's the wrong thing to do to sell, but you feel bad about doing, it. you're getting all the negative um, reinforcement for the decision that you made. You're like hating on yourself. And so you want to do something with your hands. And so they do something, even though they know that they're getting spanked by their bad decision right. and they, they just almost sign up for it. Like yeah. hurry, let's hurry up and get spanked by my bad decision.
1: <laughs> and so you need to hold is- out sell your house. Everybody sell your Everybody. house. Everybody. <laughs> no,
0: seriously. That's, that's my best advice right now. If you've got real estate right now that you don't need or want, I'm doing it right now. I'm selling everything I, I have, have except my, my house. Me
1: too. Other than our, our primary residence, I'm selling two of our rentals yeah. immediately. You just sell when it's high. It's yep. just like the stock market. We don't sell want when to. it's high. Like, it's no, feeling, I don't want to sell. It's feeling weird. Like we're debating it, but I'm like with what we can make for what we put into it and what we Right. It's just stupid not to.
0: Right. And even if like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, capital gains, capital gains. Well, you know what? You're going to pay capital gains on that puppy at some point. So unless you're going to move into it and sit in it for two years, you're literally just kicking the can down the line to avoid capital gains. You're going to pay it at some point. You know, taxes don't tend to go down. They tend to go up. So you're going to pay a higher rate of capital gains. And the more money that you make, the higher rate of capital gains that you're going to end up paying. So you should make more money down the line than you make right now. So that generally tends to trend up. So you should just do it now. If you got something to sell, you should sell it right now. I'm selling everything.
1: I completely, me me too. And I was going to keep it. I know me too. I wanted because I kept buying and selling. My goal really was to buy and hold. Me too. That's my retirement. But right now, how can we not capitalize on this? And I'm worried about the capital gains too. Taxes are off not fun. No one wants to pay their, ca- their taxes. I contribute
0: even- to the U.S. economy quite well.
1: Exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah, makes me feel better too. I pay my part. <laughs> but if you're still going to walk with $200,000 after yeah. you pay your taxes, come on.
0: That's money. I mean- and you know what? The market could change and uh, six months to a year from now, that, that $200,000 in value could be gone. Exactly. So yeah. if you have, again, again, if you have anything to sell in some of these crazy, highly desirable markets, Bozeman's one of them, Montana, anything is one of them. You should sell. Yep, Should sell. I agree. I'm going to keep my house because I bought it super low because I, got, to I have to live somewhere and, our and rental I can't replace nuts. it. But yeah, I'm selling my other two rentals and I'm going to just pay the capital gains.
1: I have clients that are selling. Um, often, most of them are actually single. What they're doing is like, this market's nuts. I'm going to sell and I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to live in a trailer for a while. Yeah. I will live with some friends. Our friend They've Susie. Yeah. Yeah. Our
0: friend Susie like had a had a Sprinter van that they had renovated and she kind of laughingly post on Facebook saying like, ha ha, you know, this is your solution to the crazy housing market in Bozeman. You could just live in a van. She literally her phone did not stop ringing for over two weeks. She sold it in the first couple of phone calls. And there was a bidding war on a Sprinter van because people were actually going to live in it.
1: It doesn't surprise me, actually. It really doesn't. That's how crazy things are. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm seeing are people, if they have rentals, they're selling their bigger homes. Yeah, moving into a rental because historically in our market, those higher end homes tend to sit and they're not sitting right now. We're getting right. And if, if you lived in it for two
0: years, then no capital and, gains. And, exactly. and if you move your heine on into your investment property and stay in there for two years, then you don't pay capital gains on that one either. So just some tools there. I don't want to live in my rental.
1: I like my house. I know. My rental's pretty grungy. I mean, this is kind of a, it's like a mid-century modern-esque and it'll get ridiculous. You've never invited me to your house. Oh my gosh, you have to come. <laughs> it's really close to here. We did a really cool remodel Oh,
0: audit. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't come to my house either, so. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Yeah. So what do you think the best advice is for people trying to buy a home right now?
1: This is terrible advice because it's not going to help right now, but one, be patient, but two, Maybe wait a second. The market, yeah. I've never seen it this high. I sometimes worry for my buyers, like, are you making the right decision to go in this high? But what else we've been seeing, because I've been feeling this way for over a year now, is it keeps going up. And so the people who are trying to buy now are kicking themselves for not buying a year earlier. Right. So it's kind of contradictory advice where I kind of want them to be patient, but what if they're patient and it keeps continuing to go yeah, up? Yeah, today's and now-
0: high price home could be tomorrow's bargain.
1: Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. also at the same time, just getting into the market, whatever you do, every single person I have ever met who's gotten to the next level of financial security right. has been selling something in real estate. Right, you know, they're making the payments on their student loans and credit cards, but the right. way they actually can pay them off is selling a piece selling of property. A piece of property. So just getting into the game yeah, is the hardest part. And
0: reconsidering but. like what's important to you, you know, if if you do have a bigger home, you know, and you have a smaller home you could move into, if it would serve your family, like really considering like, could we downsize and sell this big dog home and kind of ride this out for a little while? Like kind of reconsidering what that looks like. I don't know. I have a little bit of a different piece of advice on first time homebuyers sure. and and I hope it's not too unpopular, but this is an opinion podcast. So here we go. (laughs) I think one of the hardest things is that People just assume that they want to buy their first home in the place that they think that they want to live forever.
1: That's actually the best advice there is. I know where you're going. Keep going. I completely agree.
0: I would really love to see some first-time home buyers purchase homes in some smaller, more rural markets that are way more affordable, like, you know, Ohio. Um, I was in Chillicothe, Ohio. That's a beautiful market, a beautiful location. You can get into some of the bigger cities if you need to go there, but there's some really great jobs and industries in that little town. Nebraska looks really great. Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, like some of these flyover states that we don't even consider. Um, which a lot of people are moving from the coast in towards the middle. That's why we're getting a lot of people coming in from into Montana. But, you know, even for us, some places that are a little bit farther towards the middle of the of the country too, like consider some of those places. They're great places to raise a family. They're great places to, you know, just to get started, get your feet wet, be in a house, turn it, you know, for a little while, sell that, you know, maybe sell a couple of them, circle a couple of them, then come back if you want to be in Montana or look at Eastern Montana. I
1: was going to say the same yeah. thing. We've got a lot of really cool rural, areas here that still aren't moving a lot. I actually have a client who just moved from Plentywood, Montana. I Never love even, Plentywood. you been there? Yeah. Oh, Lots man. of trees. There's no trees there. I was going to say <laughs> Like from what I heard, it's pretty windy and cold. Yeah, and there's very no far trees no there. West. It just always makes me laugh. Plenty wood. It's like lots of trees? No, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I had a I actually had a listing in Martins Martinsdale, Montana. Yeah, never been there either. Yeah, I went on their website, or I went on this website. said so ten things to do in Martinsdale. It said <laughs> it's a short list. <laughs> it said ride a horse, drink beer, drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it was like three for, and, and the funny website, though, 10 things to do. And they only listed three and two That's of them were hilarious. drinking
0: beer. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of really great things that happen in rural communities. And a lot of, you know, there's a, it's just hard. It's hard raising kids right now. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the school districts right now. And um, a lot of agendas kind of being pushed and it might not be the best environment for your kiddos. I know a ton of people are starting to homeschool their kids. I'm going to homeschool my kids starting next year. You are? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're pulling the plug. I'll and, you. you know, there's a lot of people nationwide that are that are moving to homeschooling their kids because they want to be able to control the education of their children. And, you know, it's education right now is not the same as it was when we were in school. And, you know, our parents said the same thing about ours. You know, it's just continuing to kind of go away from, you know, core values and and real good basics. And I'm glad you have an engineering class for second grade. I know, but um, well, we were
1: at a private school oh, and it's right. fantastic. It's but I'd love
0: amazing. to, good. I'd love to just see some of these younger families Move into some less expensive markets. You know, it's like you're trying to buy your very first like Dream home. diamond ring at a Tiffany's store on the corner and in New York City. Part of
1: the problem with social media right now and right. just everyone's remodeling their homes right away and doing all these things right away that I don't remember my parents' friends doing. I don't no. remember them. We
0: had starter homes yeah. like, and they were a starter home. And I they were not perfect, but and we painted and we cleaned and, and we renovated. And we had just, I mean, we didn't have any money. We just used elbow grease and we did things to make things nicer. And, you know, that's just not there right now. We see so many young couples that are wanting new construction homes with, you know, with granite countertops and they all want everything to look modern. And <laughs> all this, like, where is your old as hell house with your orange shag carpet that you're going to, you know, raise your family living on love? And yes. I just, I just, there's just none of that whole, Wholesome, go to work, you know, and and just live on love. I like Like that. We always said we'd have beer in the freezer or beer in the fridge and meat in the freezer. We were rich. And I would just love to see our country go back to let's work hard and let's get our get our priorities right.
1: I agree. Well, thank you, Colleen. I appreciate you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate. (laughs)
1: we <laughs>